everybody, and welcome back. It's episode 79 Ooh. of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. My name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And welcome back to the podcast about beer and movies. Movies and beer, how good are they? Sometimes Pretty good. The, yeah, well, sometimes Pretty good, they're mostly. better than others. Yeah, that's true. Pretty good, mostly. Most of the time. Most of the ones we do are pretty good. So we had a beer and we watched a movie. <laughs> you missed Actually, the odd look I was giving I Dustin. did not miss it. Uh, so this is an interesting episode as we're kind of doing a two-in-one special this week. Uh, we're doing two movies in one podcast, an original and its sequel. That's right. Happy Death Day. And Happy Death Day to you. Right, with the number two. two and the letter U. Right, because to make that's it clever. cool. Right. To make it cool. Make it clever and modern. Anyway, but uh, it was interesting. We saw the first one on TV. Uh, they went and saw the sequel in the theater and decided to combine them together into one episode. That's right. So it'll be, it'll be pretty fun. Um, but And if, I would say that it's because I don't actually think either of these movies we could spend an entire podcast talking about either one of them for a full, I don't know, 50 minutes to an hour. Just saying. I'm sure we, I don't know, that's, there may be some truth to that. Uh, before we get into uh, the, the death days, D-A-Z-E maybe, um, <laughs> we each have our own beer that we're having during the course of the, of the podcast this week. And uh, it's your turn to go first, I think. Yes. What is, what's up this week? What are you having? So this week I am drinking a beer by the Grains of Wrath Brewing Company. I'm excited to hear about this. G-O-W. All right. So I'm drinking the Grains of Wrath uh, Brewery, uh, a beer by them. These guys are located in downtown Camas. So oh, not too far away. Across the river. Across the Columbia. Right. So not too far away. Um, I can't figure out uh, exactly when they were founded, but they're not very old at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am interested because the Grains of Wrath Brewery is located in downtown Camas in an old 30s era auto shop. Okay. Um, and it started off as an idea for partners Michael Hunsacker, Brendan Greenan, Sean Parker, and Brendan Ford. And it sounds like, once again, you've got a group of guys who are friends, who have a really good idea, and then just put their heads together to create their own uh, craft uh, brewery. Uh So um, I know in previous podcasts, we talk uh, a little bit about some breweries that had been closing. Yes. uh, And we were discussing whether or not the market is saturated. It is. And and I would submit that right now um, you still have these small breweries that are popping up. And I'm excited. More power to you. I think that, you know, Mm. the more creative you can be, the better. Right. Um, so this is the Overkill IPA, and it's over... That's a song. Okay. It's Overkill with an umlaut over the O. That's right. So I think it's probably got to have some, like, German sound to it. Overkill, Overkill. Does it... Have you not seen what that the band that they're obviously referencing with this? Uh, no. Okay, so... If anyone's familiar with the English metal band Motorhead, this is clearly what this beer is an homage to. Like the logo for the band is on the can. Overkill is a song by Motorhead. Long, li- 
rest in power, Lemmy Kilmster, lead singer and everybody's favorite heavy metal grandfather, passed away a few years ago. Ha. But yeah, that's all, that's what the the front of that can is. Uh, okay. Homage to to uh, Motorhead. Okay. Well, I did not pick that out of that. I picked it out because its name is Overkill, um, and I feel a great name. Like perhaps that may be some of the themes that the movies that we are about oh, to review. Okay. That's fair. That's um, fair. Want to hit you over the head with? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this is an IPA again, um, and it is dry hopped with Galaxy hops. So really good. Um, and so this is this was the first can release beer that uh, Greens of Wrath did. Uh-huh. And so apparently they are starting a uh, a new can release every month where they're going to be brewing a beer specifically to be released Brewing's in cans. cans. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so this is the flagship flagship IPA. And it's got a bunch of hops in it. Um, and then notes of passion fruit, <laughs> uh, stone fruit, diesel. I'm imagining those diesel. are... I think those are a form of hops. I'm just saying what's <laughs> okay. on the label. Uh, citrus, piney, and dank. It's supposed dank. to have dank citrus. I have yet to figure out exactly what dank means uh-huh. as it refers to IPAs. Right. Uh, but okay. Um, but the cool thing is, is that Gra- uh, Grains of Wrath is a veteran-owned business. Very nice. Yeah. So go out and support them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really appreciate the fact that as you're looking at this can um, and you're reading its uh, description, at the very bottom it says, uh, don't be an asshole, recycle. So, you know, <laughs> okay. they're, they're, just, they're just being honest. Right. Uh, recycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good, not yeah. the the strongest IPA I've ever had before. Uh-huh. It doesn't say anything about how many IBUs it has, but I would definitely say this is not the hoppiest of IPAs that I've had before. Right. So, but it's pretty decent. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I'd be willing to go and check out more of their beer. For sure. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. There's like been a bunch of like uh, beers that have to, something to do with rock bands. Mm-hmm. Like Metallica has a beer, Iron Maiden has a beer. I reviewed the Def Leppard beer that Elysian made oh, yeah, on a you previous did. podcast. Uh, so yeah, and over yeah, and uh, Motorhead's an old favorite. You know and that's a great song. So go check out Overkill. Ace of Spades is a great album. Yeah, I so, will say they don't actually mention. That I can't believe they is... don't mention that on their website. I not know. at all. Not at all. Man. Maybe they're trying not to get sued for copyright infringement or something. Well, they're still really <laughs> small, so they could they could probably go okay. in under the radar. Okay. Well, uh, I also have a themed beer this week. Okay. I am drinking uh, from Gigantic Brewing from here in Portland, our home in Portland, Oregon. And I've we've talked about them before. Gigantic is interesting in that they don't have like a bunch of like, you know, sees the bunch of like mainstream recipes that they make all the time. They have like one or two beers that they make all the time. And then they're just constantly making new batches, new recipes mm-hmm. all the time. And this is uh, one of the latest. This is beer number 79, the 79th <laughs> different recipe they've made. It is the Time Warp. Oh. Dank. That word again, Dank IPA. So I picked Time Warp because it has something to do with uh, the movie tonight. Um, it is uh, 6.3 alcohol, 6.3% alcohol by volume, only 56 IBUs. 
Um, it's described on the website as having a hazy gold color, which uh, you know, I agree with that. It does. Right? Uh, when, you, when I smell it, it doesn't smell great. I don't like the smell of it at all. Uh, but it tastes pretty good. Um, but again, you mentioned the, the word dank in describing a beer. I think it maybe that's up for like an interpretation as to what dank means to you. Because when I drink this, it's not what I feel a dank beer tastes like. It doesn't have the right flavor. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's like a, a good, even though it only has 56 IBUs, it has a good bitter bite to it. Okay. So it's a pretty solid IPA. Um it says, but also what I like about uh, Gigantic is that they have different artists make the labels for oh, them. And on the yeah. website, you can actually find out about them. And this, uh, the label has this weird, fuzzy, cycloptic monster mm-hmm. on the front. Uh, a Marcos Sorensen, Marcos Sorensen, who was born in Guadalajara, grew up in Toronto, and now lives in Northern California as the artist behind uh, the label. Sweet. It's pretty cool looking. And, you know, it's a pretty solid IPA. I like it. All right. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think maybe I'm, it's, uh, I'm getting, maybe I'm getting a little tired of the hazy IPAs that are everywhere and this isn't one of those. Right. So it's a good solid, bitter, straight up IPA that I like. Okay. So, and the time warp, which will be explained as to how that ties in. Nice. To this week's movies. Well, I think that uh, that's good. We each have some pretty solid beers. Yep. Um. Now we're going to see if the movies are 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 solid as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this week, two movies for the price of one. You're welcome. Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. Um, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, we've each come up with our three favorite things about them. Uh, we haven't shared them with each other until now. We'll go back and forth sharing those things. And spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you haven't watched those movies or if you're care to watch those movies we're not going to hold back for plot details as we go through our favorite things uh, I, um i just want to say yep. this is not one of the more complex movies we've watched no so uh if if you are surprised and you're like "Ooh, i don't know if these spoilers are going to ruin the movie for you yeah. uh it's not it's not no so quick uh, background on the movie before we get started uh, happy death day the first one is can be best be described as the movie Groundhog Day, except that there's a mass killer in it. That's so funny because I describe this as Groundhog Day for college students, with a mass killer in it. With a yes, with a serial. Killer. Yes, a uh, your protagonist has to start every day over after she was murdered by a mass killer. Right, and she has to figure out what the deal is, why this is happening, why she's being killed, who the killer is. And they can't, the, the thing that I think is funny is that this movie is, it's kind of like a, it's an homage to the slasher horror movie with, that's very much tongue in cheek. So it oh, doesn't, yes. it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is good. Thankfully. Yeah. Um, I think this movie would, would not be as enjoyable if it oh. tried to be serious. We wouldn't do an episode on it. No. If we, if this movie had, didn't have the sense of humor about itself that it does. Correct. Okay, so three favorite things. Again, you're going to start first. I am. What's number one? All right. Um, my first one is Jessica Roth. She yeah. plays the lead character, uh-huh. uh, Tree Gelman. So short um, for... Teresa. Right. Um, and uh, Tree is a college student. Uh, wakes up on her birthday. Yeah. Um, by the end of that day... She has been murdered mm-hmm. by uh, 
a killer in a baby mask. And I just have to pause for a moment because apparently the mascot of this university right. is a baby? A creepy ass baby. Yeah. Worst yeah. mascot ever. <laughs> um, anyway, so she keeps waking up every day. And she wakes up in a dorm room that is not her room. A, a guy's dorm room. A guy's dorm room. Um, and every day she wakes up and basically she it discovers that she's got to figure out um, who is the murderer mm-hmm. in order for her to uh, get out of the loop. Right. Survive the day. Yes. She's got to determine, figure out who the murderer is. In the second one, um, it's a little bit more complicated. Yes. Uh, I might argue unnecessarily so. You don't need to argue that it is. Uh, but anyway, but what I like about Jessica Roth is she is delightful mm-hmm. in her portrayal of Tree Gelman. Like, she starts out quite unlikable. Like, I mean, it's very clear in the first movie that she's kind of the stereotypical spoiled sorority girl who yeah. um, is just unkind. Uh, but then as she goes through her uh, multiple deaths, she learns to be a better person. Yeah. Um, and sometimes uh, she doesn't try to be a better person. She just gives up and she's, you know, as as is done in the Groundhog Day movie right. and things like that. Um, but she has some of the best faces. Like she really gets comedic timing. Mm-hmm. She's not afraid to make like ugly face. And she yeah. has several moments for, where she is glaring at something or she's screaming or she's just unhappy. And she contorts her face into like these very hilarious, ugly faces. Right. And I love that she just went for it. Mm-hmm. And I and I appreciate that the filmmakers allowed that. Because mm-hmm. I think like a, a more, I don't know, just like a less creative director would have been like, well, I have this very attractive lead actress. I don't want her making like these weird right like you say ugly faces she you know, can we, only we, look she pretty. can only look cute and pretty you know but they but they don't let that happen right. in this movie yeah um and that's the thing is i think that they allow her to make they allow her to commit fully to a character mm-hmm. um and that she is allowed to um to have those moments to to be ugly to be unlikable Mm -hmm. um which really kind of give her more depth and make her more likable um overall yeah you know so i just thought um yeah i thought jessica roth is is really funny in both of them yeah um and i have to say part of the thing i like about the, the second one is when she wakes up and realizes She's caught in the time loop again. She just wakes up and like storms into the hallway and yells out for Ryan. Um, right. You know? Ryan, who has spent the previous movie walking in on them in the dorm room. Right. And so she just knows he's coming. Right. And just like, get in here. I know you're out there. Right. Yeah. Get in here right now. And it is, it is, it's great. Yeah. It's great. So anyway, I just think she uh, does a great job. She yeah. carries the movie quite well. Yeah. So normally, like uh, when we maybe kind of duplicate our favorite things. I'll try to think up something else mm-hmm. to go with so we don't have the same thing. But you right. can't. So my first favorite thing is also Jessica, Jessica Rolfe. Um, and I'm just going to say, to try to sound a little bit different, is that this series of movies completely rests on her shoulders. Right. You know, it doesn't... Um, 
you know, we're not talking. There is no sequel without her being as good as she is. Correct. For one, right? Um, like she's in every scene, I think, pretty much. Um, and she she just she needs to carry it, and she does. And she, and like you said, like the the watching in a movie that is ridiculous in premise. <laughs> You don't, her transformation from being the mean, uh, you know, sardonic um, jerk sorority girl to being like a decent person, you buy. Mm-hmm. And that's because of how good she is. And just and just to mention one specific thing that I really love about what she does, and it's in the second movie, because she ends the first movie with, uh, with, uh, with, like a, a, with a love interest, you right. know, with a guy. Carter. Right. And in the second movie, though, there's a period of time where, uh, you know, that guy's with another person. Right. Right. And every time she wakes up, she realizes, you know, am I, is this happening again? Is he still with what's her name? And he look, she looks over at him and said, and just mentions this other girl's name. And he goes, oh, what? You mean my girlfriend? And just the look of fury that <laughs> takes over her face is just so. That's so hilarious. Right. It's so perfect. Perfectly timed and perfectly performed. So, yeah. Just got to say, not for her, wherever they found her. She's like the perfect lead mm-hmm. for the movie. Yeah. She she is good. I look forward to seeing her in future comedies because she's, she's very talented. Um, all right. So, in the overall, I just have to say for my second one, it's mm-hmm. just the idea that I enjoy the premise of the first one. Okay. I I enjoy the fact that really she has to wake up every day, solve her own murder. And um, in the process, she kind of has to be a better person. <laughs> you know, like that's the only way for her to figure out um, who's, who's murdering her because she needs help from people. And she's not going to get that if she continues to be you know, as stuck up and as snotty as she is in in the first iteration of herself. Um, But I also love the point that, you know, when they do the little montage of her trying to solve her murders, um, there's several where she just gives up. Like, she's just like, today, I don't care. I'm going to die anyway. It doesn't matter. Like, there's a scene where she just walks through the entire plaza in the nude. You know, she doesn't, she, there's the times where, um, she just doesn't even get out of bed until later. Like it's it's really funny. Um, I even like kind of the premise in the second one, where she has to die because she has to learn. She's the only one who can. Ha- she she's the only one who rem- remembers anything. Um, and there's several sci-fi movies where like that's the entire premise, you know. So the second one, they really try to go more for sci-fi versus horror comedy in the first one. Um, but I like it because in order for her to, to reset the day, she has to die. So she kind of finds like just creative things to do to kill herself because apparently dying, I don't know. I was going to say like a normal person, but I guess that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Um, is is pretty funny and they have a good time with kind of coming up with the crazy ways you know where she jumps out of an airplane without a parachute uh, she runs into an electrical station to electrocute herself 
Uh, she dropped, I think the first one, she drops her like hairdryer in the bathtub while she's in there or something. It's just really funny. Um, and then there's the wood chipper scene, uh, which reminds me of Deadpool too. Mm. And I guess, uh, looking it up, they were talking about how it's supposed to be reminiscent of a different scene. Fargo. Fargo. Okay. I didn't, I had no idea, but it reminded me of Deadpool too. Super gross, but also kind of funny. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I just kind of like the premise of the first one and then parts of the twist of the second one. We'll get into what I didn't like about the second uh, storyline in a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, for my second favorite thing, I'm going to say it's the mystery of the first movie. Mm. Right? So you're trying to determine who this the killer wearing, the, babe, the mascot of the baby face is, which, by the way, um, the guy who directed these movies uh, was on one of the podcasts I listen to a lot called uh, Shockwaves, which is a podcast solely about horror movies. And he talked about the making of this. And the original um, screenplay, the mascot was a panther. Oh. And he just thought that it just didn't fit the when he was, because he, he wrote it, he kind of rewrote the script, um, trying to make it more funny mm-hmm. because he didn't think it was otherwise it was just more of a straight ahead slasher movie that wasn't that interesting otherwise and so coming up with the baby for the mascot and finding the the mask was said one of the more fun things that they did even though it's ridiculous it seems ridiculous when you look at it but you know because what college is going to have that but anyway so you're trying to find the baby faced mask killer and they do a good job of throwing a bunch of head fakes yes. you know uh, we were watching it and you know i had a couple of different ideas um, one of, uh, one of the ideas that I whispered to you in the theater ended up being what they actually being something they used and like, they actually filmed a couple different endings originally that they tested in test audiences that the audiences did not like. Right. And that's what resulted in the ending that it has now. But one of the guesses I had was one of those original endings that they tested. So, uh, you know, pat myself on the back. I was on the right course. <laughs> Well done, babe. Uh, yeah, well, good for me. Uh, but yeah, it was really fun. Um, and at one point towards the end, I, it looks like it's resolve resolved. And I was actually kind of bummed that that's what the ending was going to be. And then it turns out that that wasn't what the ending was going to be. So right. that was pretty fun. Because I was like, oh, really? That's They're going to end it like that? Well, okay. I guess that makes sense. But it's kind of not that imaginative. And then all of a sudden it was something else. Uh, so I really enjoyed them because they did a better job with the mystery of who the killer was that I anticipated. You know, mm-hmm. that has to do with expectations. If I thought this movie was going to be really, you know, we were going to joke about how this movie isn't that is a little dumb. Right. And that and for good reason. But it's not quite that dumb because I felt it was pretty. Cl- it's clever. The first one is the first one is very clever. Yeah. The second one has clever moments. Yeah. So. But yeah, but yeah, for the first one, just that overall kind of as as she keeps reawakening every day, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like whatever theories you had as to who the killer was, they kind of get eliminated. Mm-hmm. You know, is really fun, and they do a good job of it not being super obvious. So, right. Yeah. So that's my that's what I enjoy. That's my second favorite thing. I will say that when we watched the first one, I did have a moment where I was like, "Oh, I know who the killer is." Right. But then it caused me to second guess myself. Um, and I, so then I started being like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. It clearly isn't, you know, uh, isn't her roommate. And then it ended up being her roommate. 
Yeah. So I was I was impressed. In the second one, it I think it was less interesting because she's really trying to solve somebody else's murder. Yeah. But even then, she's only trying to solve that murder as a secondary. It's a, that's it's a not the primary plot, plot yeah, right? At all. And so that took a little bit more out of it. Like yeah. it almost was like, well, there's. There's not a lot of high stakes because in a moment she's going to go back to her universe and we're right. fine. Yeah. So. Um, oh, is it my turn? Yep. All right. So my number three is um, Israel Broussard, who plays Carter Davis. Yeah. He's just an adorable geek. Mm-hmm. He's such a cutie. Um, he's a he's just the quintessential good guy. Yeah. Um, he's He has taken care of uh, Tree. She clearly had been out the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, in both versions of the the both the first one and the second one, um, he brings her home. He takes care of her. He puts her um, in his bed, and he sleeps in his roommate's bed. Um, and so it's just like he's just this. He, his role is simply to be like. The cute, supportive guy. Mm-hmm. And he does that really well with a, a level of innocence that's kind of adorable. Um, and I really like that in the second movie, so in the first movie, he clearly has a crush on Tree, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over her multiple days of dying and reliving the day, Tree falls in love with him. But then in the second one, uh, she wakes up and realizes and finds out he's dating Danielle, right? Who's the like head sorority person? I think there's a name for it. I'm not sure, but she's uh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's in the same sorority. She's even more shallow and yeah, lame. and yeah. So like in both movies, she's just she's stuck up. She's not a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so watching Tree have to wake up every day and realize that he he's still dating Danielle, um, and her her processing that is also pretty funny. Yes. Um, although it's also sad when you realize that he's really being taken advantage of Yeah. Uh, while he's dating Danielle. So there's a little bit of like, aww. Yeah. And and he is the quintessential nice guy who's being taken being advantage of. Over. Right. <laughs> um, but either way, he does that in a way that makes it uh, super sweet and super cute. Uh, so he, he did a great job. I would agree. All right. For my last thing, because like we're going to, we both are, I both, I knew we were both going to like the first one a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I want to include something for the second one. So I'm going to say just the chance that they took. Mm. All right. I've like mentioned before that I, in previous podcasts that I appreciate it when a movie will take like a, what I call a big swing. Mm-hmm. Right. And they took a big swing at the story they tried to tell in the sequel. Yes. You talk all you want about whether or not they pulled it off. And we will. And we will. <laughs> but I appreciate that they they went for it. I yeah. mean, wow. Um, also, um, I had seen an interview with the director where he talked about... Um, because like when I watched the first one, I didn't think about... I didn't even cross my mind to think about why was she reliving this day over and over? Why was it happening? Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like Groundhog Day. I never thought about why Bill Murray was reliving that day over and over. Just whatever. Um, but someone asked him, you know, well, why was that happening? And he's like, well, I have ideas for that for the sequel. 
And there's even things that if you look for it that happened in the first one that hint towards it. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Really? And he's right. He's right. In the first movie, there are the college is, is dealing with these what they refer to as rolling blackouts. Right. The power keeps going out every once in a while. And I just assumed that that was like, well, that's just something. Every once in a while, there's going to be a blackout. The power's going to go out. And when the lights come back on, there's going to be a scary person standing behind someone with a knife. Of course. Right? They're just seeding that. But it turns out those rolling blackouts are exp- part of what is going on, why the day is being reset, and they're explained in the second movie. Right. So, uh, I mean, so appreciate that, that, that he was willing to clearly, he clearly had like a bigger story in mind. He applied some of it to the first movie just in case because there's no way he knew he was going to get a second one. Oh, I know. And so, and just that the second one involving time travel, alternate dimensions, just wildness storytelling wise. I mean, I appreciate that they, I mean, they could have easily, easily just been like, you know what? Let's just do it again. Right. She has to relive another day and she's being killed by a different particular essentially just done a really lame rehash of the first movie and right. they and they didn't they went crazy uh, <laughs> yes they did crazy in the second one and it, uh, and you know and uh, yeah they didn't they didn't they didn't stick the landing by any means but i appreciated that they they gave it a they gave it hell right well and that's the thing that i think is so that i, I guess when we get to the parts that we don't like that i'll talk about sure but the premise of the second one isn't one of the things that I don't like about this movie. Yeah. It is the second one. I appreciate, same thing. I appreciate that they went ahead and um, went for it, you know, because it is an interesting storyline in the way that it connects to the first one. I just wanted them to commit to it. Yeah. And I felt like they didn't, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. But we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get that. to that later, yeah. All right, so do you have any honorable mention things yeah, to say? Yeah, I think um, Ryan Fan, uh-huh. uh, the character who's played by uh, Fivu, is hilarious. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the first one, he's just there as the roommate. Yeah. You know, he's just there coming in, saying something highly inappropriate every t- morning as he opens the door to the dorm room. Right. In the second movie, he gets to kind of explore his uh, comedic chops. Yep. Um, he even gets the first time loop. Yeah, it's, it opens movie. with him. Right. Yeah. And so um, I, I liked that. I liked the fact that he, I was excited. I was like, oh, how funny is it if he's the one who has the time loop? Right. And Tree has to help him through it. Um, and, you know, of course, that's not how it ended up no but i like that um you know he in every iteration of both versions of both movies where she starts to tell her story like i'm stuck in a time loop and i keep dying um for whatever reason she doesn't have to spend most of her day convincing them that she's not crazy they all just accept they just buy this. it right yeah, yeah they're all like oh Okay, if you say so. Yeah, Sounds good. totally makes sense. Um, although I do like the fact that when she's trying to call him in the second movie, there's a there's one version where he has her labeled as crazy blonde chick. Right. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, I just had to give a shout out to him because he's hilarious and 
there's so much missed opportunity with him in the second movie. So, what I'm, about you? Um, well, you already mentioned uh, Israel Broussard. So I'm just going to mention something specific about him. In the second movie, uh, Ryan says something to him about, uh, about Tree, like, your girlfriend's being weird. I forget what exactly what he says. But he, he responds to him about, he, like, uh, says to him, oh, and she's not my girlfriend. And Tree looks at, at uh, Israel and says, I'm not? Yeah. And he kind of quizzically looks back and goes, well, I don't know. Are you? And she says, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and, and the look on his face, the look on his face says everything because he's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> he's like, I couldn't imagine that I would be dating a girl like this. I'm so far over my skis with this girl. <laughs> but she just admitted it in front of people that she's my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's, that's at least that's what I get out of his face. Right. And it's so... Perfect. It's so perfect. It explains that character and without a word being said in just his face. It does. I it would great. agree with that. I love that so much. And I also, um, I don't know, they get, um, I don't know, I want to say, I want to give them some credit for the diversity of cast in the second mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot, of, uh, even though most of them are also playing the, you know, minority nerd trope, which I'm not a fan of. That is true. So, but, you know. That's true. Yeah. So, um, any other shout outs? Um, nah, well, no, I think I'm good. I was going to mention something. <laughs> so there's a, there's a, there's the, the original script was written by a, like a long time, like a comic book professional. And, uh, I was going to mention him, but it makes sense that it needed to be rewritten because he was the writer. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, but, but okay, so we're going to get into the stuff we didn't like so much. Yeah. But even then, I have to, I have to preface with uh, this in that, for the most part, I, the things I don't like are, are mostly connected to the second one. Same. Most right? Yeah. yeah. The yeah, first yeah. one, I actually have to say, they did a pretty decent job with. Um, but... The things that I have issues with the second one is that they start some interesting storylines, but they don't follow through. Yes. That's my, that's yes. the part that's most disappointing um, in, in the second one. Like, they're both silly movies. They're both going to make you laugh out loud. Um, you can't take them too seriously. Uh, so, th- I mean, like, they're not movies that at the end of the day are going to make you smarter. <laughs> Right. Okay. Uh, but they are going to be funny and make you laugh. Right. And so because of that, in the second one, this, the fact that they start down some interesting story roads mm-hmm. and then fail to deliver. Right. That's what's disappointing. Those are the things I didn't like. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's arguments to be made about like, you know, I don't need, I don't need you to explain how it's wor- how it works. Right. You know, maybe you're maybe trying to, to explain is like a bad decision, a bad choice on its face. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Right. I, I just think it's just executed poorly. Also, what made the first one made me want to go see it was it's Groundhog Day. That's also a slasher movie. Right. right? There's a masked killer. In this movie, 
they like you forget that a, that there's a mass killer at all for a good chunk of it. Right. They leave that's shunted off to the side pretty quickly, and they vaguely revisit it. Mm-hmm. It tries to do too many things because they're also, you know, there's also some emotional stuff with like her parents, right, right, and uh, and the boyfriend and. Who's not her boyfriend. Who's not her boyfriend. And it's just like, it tries to accomplish too many things. And it doesn't do any one of them well. Correct. Is the problem. Right. Uh, Yeah. So like for me, I think like when we get down into specifics, like, so they start out with cool science. Yay, science. Fun science fiction stuff. Right. Like multiverse theory and, Mm -hmm. you know, like their... um, you know, science experiment, Sissy right. is creating basically, um, it's creating time bubbles and it's right. overlapping the universe, right. the different universes, right? That's kind of cool. Yay, science. And uh, I like science, so I'm totally down with that. Right. Uh, and they start with this, the second movie starts with the fact that Ryan is through the, is in the time loop, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they're trying to figure out who who's killing him because that's what right. happens he dies yeah and then the day starts, starts over. over and you're like "Ooh, well that's interesting because right i thought that maybe maybe the original movie wasn't her right. it was always ryan yeah which what well, i wish like i almost wish they would have done that but that no. would have been cool yeah. um and so then you find out that there's a double of ryan that <laughs> as a result of sissy uh-huh. Uh, one Orion from an alternate universe has been transplanted into his un- into this universe, right? And um, is trying to kill him right. because only one can survive. Also, super interesting time plot. Like that would have been cool, right? To pursue, and they drop it pretty quickly. Yeah, basically, we never get to see what happens with that, right? Uh, so then Tree gets essentially kicked into a, a an alternate universe Mm -hmm. and has and then has to relive that day right in this alternate universe so like where's her double they just drop that plot that little like plot line altogether no like it starts with the idea of random killer killing ryan is his double Double. from an alternate universe and then when she's kicked into an alternate universe they just forget that i guess or maybe her alternate maybe like she switched places and then the tree from this dimension is in her dimension yeah but see that's the thing like uh, we have to spend time thinking about that when they really should have thought about that so that's disappointing um and then somehow she gets weaker in this particular universe after dying all a lot but she never did when she was getting murdered well is that because she's in her wrong universe in the first movie, they do mention that uh, the more she dies, like, it affects her health. Okay. That's in the first one. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. So, I didn't really see that one. Um, also, there's just there's just so much ridiculousness. There's a scene where somebody pretends to be blind oh, in order to steal some keys. I wrote that down. And it's really bad. And it's a really, bad scene. It's like, it is something right out of an 80s B minus movie. It's terrible. It's bad. It's so dumb. It's, it's like, why are we wasting time with this? Right. It's Danielle. Yeah. It's it's not it's not a funny scene. No. It's, it's just dumb. Yes. So um 
Yeah, so that uh, that was just unnecessary, in my opinion. Yeah, there's just and what I feel bad because like the scenes involving as in the first movie, Daniel's mom is, is, is has died. Tree's mom. Tree's mom. I'm sorry. Tree's mom is dead. In the second movie, she in this alternate dimension. Tree's mom is alive. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting dynamic, and the stuff. And there are several scenes where Tree is with her mom. Right. Right, and it's very, and I feel that they're done very well, and they're very emotionally, you know, touching. But at the same time, I need like at one point, like they're having like lunch together or whatever, and they're together, and I'm like, I don't want to see this. That's not what I want out of this movie. Right. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I don't know what. I don't know. Maybe that makes me heartless. I don't know. But just like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's well done and everything, but I. You're not heartless, babe. I just, yeah, it just, it felt out of place. It felt very out of place. I will say, because then it changes the movie from mystery solving Thing. to, oh, now Tree has a, has a, a dilemma. A moral decision. Well, it's right. not even a moral decision. Like, she wants to stay in the universe where she has her mom. Right. right? Again, I feel like that decision would have more weight mm-hmm. if you realized that, again, Technically, she's supposed to have a set. There's a second tree who actually belongs in that universe. Right. And who's been kicked out somewhere. Presumably, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's just somewhere. I, we don't even know where. Yeah. And we're just supposed to be like, forget about the second tree who's going to, who's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that, deci- the whole decision of, I want to stay in this universe where I can have my mom. Right. Would be would have even had more depth to it if anybody had said yeah but what about the tree who actually belongs in this universe that has had her mom and is now in your universe where she's dead well we assume right. that uh, presumably that's where she, we, we don't, don't even know because they know. just drop right. that Good entire point. potential yeah. storyline yeah. so that that's the part that i don't like is that they just they start with some interesting ideas and then forget about them and also in a movie that is not that long it's like the running time, I think, is 100 minutes even. Yeah. But there are times, there's this, there's like, I remember one particular scene where she's with her mom, and I was like looking at my watch. Yeah, this scene like, is It too is long. like, how much longer is this? This is not, this is not as, this is not fun anymore. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, but there, it was, the first movie I felt was very fun. Right. And you know what? This, I had fun watching the second movie, too, for it all its faults. I did, too. I think it's just that because... I think it was because I enjoyed the first movie. And it made me laugh. Yeah. And the storyline made sense for all the ridiculousness that right. there was. I mean, movie sense. Right. It yeah. made movie sense. Uh, the second one, because it aimed so high and then fell short... It was pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, okay. that that was my disappointment. Yeah. I mean, the next time it's like for free on TV or something like that, I might sit down and watch it. Right. Because it'll make me laugh again. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, even when we went to go see this movie, I was like, I don't know how I feel about paying for full price tickets. Uh, to see the movie. Didn't. We didn't. Right, right, right. Yeah. Don't worry, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anything else? I don't think so. For Happy Death Day or Happy Death Day to you. Happy Death Days. 
I don't know. Apparently, this is a trilogy. They're going to make a third one? There are rumors that he wanted it. The director wanted it to be a trilogy. There will be another one. uh, Okay. I mean, that's... Okay. (laughs) I I mean, there was a post-credit scene, which wasn't great. Oh, that's right. I hated the post-credit scenes. Me too. And of all, I mean, involved DARPA, which is a real-life thing. But right. It's... But my problem is, is that apparently they need to get her restarted, and brilliant minds of the world can't solve this problem. And... But hey, Tree has yeah. been having to relive the same day over and over again, so she's got it all figured out. And then she picks somebody to have to go through what she went through. Yeah. Like it's very petty. It's super petty. The and, whole thing is that she's grown to be a better person and then she reverts. And why and why would they why would a government funded agency want to do that? Right. Why would they agree to that? I'm I sure that know, time travel stupid. is something interesting. Well sure, but But why would they pick a random Why would they agree student? this for this college student to pick the subject Right you know, without to, her consent. Right. Well yeah. Anyway. So maybe there'll be a third one. Who you knows? Hopefully the third one reverts back to some of its tour movie roots. Right. Which were, you know, I mean, poking or horror, fun. Or horror comedy. Or yeah, the, like this, the, the horror movie satire that the first one was. Yes. I think would be better off. Be more interesting. I agree. All right. So I think we're going to call that a, that an episode. I think for we the are. Happy Death Days. Plural. <laughs> happy Death Day to, to you. you. I just, I can't get over the number two and the letter uh, u. u to get to two yeah u. that's I, I i'm assuming that's because like there's college students and i do young people do that when they text right mm-hmm, i guess so i guess that makes sense i that's my guess i would know all right all right so now it's time for recommendations yes so this time i'm gonna let you go first okay. for your recommendation i'm gonna recommend a podcast oh um, since we're talking about movies uh particularly this movie and that we talked a bit about alternate endings um, that they made for this. I'm going to recommend a podcast called, um, I had it. There it is. Best Movies Never Made. Oh, This is a yes. podcast that looks at movies that, uh, got down a certain, like, uh, uh, like got down a certain number of pathways to, uh, to getting made, uh, movies that you would recognize, not just weird, um, not just like you know movies that you know you maybe you never heard of that never got made, but like the first episode involves a potential sequel to E.T. Ooh, you yeah, know? you told me about this. Yeah, it like, did like, not sound like a good no, idea. it did not sound like a fun time, and it and it literally was. I mean, it wasn't like a script or a screenplay, but it was actually like a uh, a summary uh, of an idea that was actually written by Spielberg, Steven Spielberg as a sequel to E.T. and how far they got down production wise in making it. They've also talked about um, a, a a Planet of the Apes sequel that was going to take place in the '80s that never got made. Mm-hmm. A, a 3D Godzilla movie that was going to get made in the '80s a that never. 3D Godzilla yes, movie. 3D Godzilla no, movie. No, thank you. No, thank That was going to be directed. No, thank you. By the man who made Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, which he filmed in 3D because he was going to be the 3D expert. Ugh. Never got. It set the. Essentially, that didn't get made because the guy who wrote the screenplay, like the final act, was so insane. They're like, we don't have the money to make that. (laughs) 
<laughs> There's no way we have the that's we could afford to make that. And that's why I did. But anyway, it's fun because they actually find parts of scripts, you know, and read through them, and uh, you know, so it's fun to hear about these movies that maybe got pretty close to getting made but never happened. Yeah. So I like that sort of thing. So very cool. Uh, except you told me about the tree. Uh, or the sequel to E.T. Yeah. And it sounded super weird. Yeah, so I'm actually kind of glad that, that movie did not get made. Same. So, um, well, I just have to say, uh, this is a, I also have a podcast to recommend. Okay. I know, right? Surprise. Um, and in this case, my podcast is brand new. I've only listened to like one episode and already um, I totally adore it. All right. Because it's called... David Tennant does a podcast. Oh, I've heard about this. <laughs> so I think it's great. He has different uh, fellow actors mm-hmm. on there with him. John Hamm, Ian McKellen. I mean, come on. Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jodie Whittaker. Oh, the new who doctor. Who is the new doctor. Yeah. So I, the old doctor interviewing the new doctor would be super cool. So anyway, I just think it's fun. There's not a whole lot of episodes out right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, David Tennant is delightful. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's like, he, yeah. He seems like the type of guy that would be really fun. To talk to, right. To listen to and, yeah, to talk to, yeah. So, okay. that's it. Great. All right. Well, next week, next week for finally like a, a big, back to being like a big, big deal. I know. Captain Marvel. We have so tickets excited. for Thursday night, opening nights, preview nights. I know. So that'll be fun. Looking forward to it by a lot. Hope they don't screw this up. We might have to delay our podcast after this just because I don't, I mean, I, gosh, I might have to see it twice before I'm going to be able to fully do a podcast on this. Well, we'll see. We'll see how good it is. Right? So, so, okay. Right. It's going to be great. I already know it's going to be Fingers great. crossed. It's going to be right. great. Until next week when we're going to talk about uh, Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel. Uh, thank you for listening to the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us there and download our episodes, rate our episodes there. Shoot us an email to ddkpodcasting at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about any of these movies. Suggest a movie or suggest a beer for us to try. Any of that, tell us how you think we're doing. All right. Until next week. Go see a movie. And thank you, everyone, for listening.